in to the Dr. Lori Marvis podcast, and today we have a special guest. Her name is Anna Shefnoski. I said that right. She's a mom of three little ones, five, three, and 10 months. And this brave soul is raising her children on a plant-based diet. And so we are going to learn some amazing tips from her. How are you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you. So please tell us how you got along, uh, first of all, to find this diet and how's that, how's that going? with my first son. Um, He's now five years old, but I was really looking for healthy ways to raise my child and figure out what's the best way to approach eating. Um, So I read, I got introduced to Dr. Furman, and I read two of his books. I read um, Eat to Live, and I um, read Disease Proof Your Child. And that's when it kind of clicked for me how kids should be eating. Um, And some of what he wrote really hit home for us because we've had Um, family friends whose children did have asthma and were overweight Um, and it was just eye-opening to see how avoidable all of this is. So how far along in your pregnancy were you when you read his books? Um, I want to say it was about six months. Okay. So you had some time to prepare. Definitely. Definitely. And I was already um, a form of a vegetarian at that point so this just modified my lifestyle a little bit. Gotcha. And now what about your husband at this time? How is, how's he eating? So my husband is a meat and potatoes guy, (laughs) but he will tell you. So he is definitely not, um, he hasn't bought into the plant-based concept, but he is open to us raising the kids on a plant-based diet. So we just needed to modify to create some rules um, that work for our marriage. You know, um, we, we went for a period where I was very hardcore about, you know, no animal products in the house. And um, it, it just didn't work for us as a couple. So we've modified and we've created some rules that work well for everyone. And, you know, there was a little bit of give and take there. Well, that's what a marriage is all about, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> I understand. I've been married almost 24 years, so I... Totally understand. Now, as far as those rules that you mentioned, tell me about those. What is what is those exactly? Sure. So we have um, we are approaching food in terms of always foods, never foods, and sometimes foods. So always, sometimes, and never. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So always foods are anything that grows. You know, any plant, any vegetable, any grain. You know, as long as it's a whole grain, the kids can have it you know, anytime they want in any quantity. Um, then we have never foods that we completely exclude from their diet. So dairy being one of them, no exceptions. Dairy is off limits, beef is off limits, any kind of processed meat is off limits. Um, and then we have sometimes foods, foods that are not good, you know, not that great for us, but we can have them once in a while. So um, once a week, the kids will have chicken. Um, They will have eggs on occasion. Um, You know, when we go to parties, they can have pretzels, um, you know, things. Potato chips are actually off limits for us. So we don't let the kids eat potato chips. But if there's an alternative option like pretzels that doesn't have, you know, any, (laughs) you know, all that stuff that's really not that great for us. That processed food. Yeah, absolutely. So now, so you've been, you've used, you set those rules in place when you were still pregnant? 
No, that those grew over time. When I was pregnant, I was very gung ho about you know plant based everything, and it was easy for the first year because all the kids eat at that point is purees. Um, but once he turned one year old, is when we started, you know, really trying to find the happy medium. Right. Um, so. so- during that time, so you have these rules, has your husband changed even a little bit or do you find that he's stuck to how he's always eaten? Um, you know, he changed a little bit because we definitely, we eat dinner as a family. Um, so one of the rules that we created is that he has to eat what's on the table and then when the kids go to bed, he can have whatever he wants. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so so, so you- he looks dinner with us he will have a salad but it's just not satisfying for him i see so now does he cook his own after the kids go to bed does he cook his own stuff okay gotcha yes all right and now so you have these rules and you have all these now your kiddos are all boys right that's true Mm -hmm. that's great and what are their names we have aj who is five aiden who is three and ashton who is 10 months oh my goodness so precious so you have these rules, your husband's still um, kind of eating his same thing. So tell me about the extended family. How about mom, dad, you know, grandparents and all that good stuff? Yeah. So we're having a lot of challenges. So our family is from Eastern Europe. So they grew up on meat and potatoes and dairy, and they really don't understand this lifestyle. And you know, they feel like we're depriving our children and it's not uncommon for them to bring treats for the kids when they come over <laughs> and things that we really don't want them eating. Um, so how do you handle that when you have, you know, here you are trying to raise your children in a, the most healthy manner possible, nutrient dense foods. And then you have the saboteurs come along that you, that you know, they love your children, yet they, they're doing these things out of spite of your rules and, you know, your best intentions of raising them healthy. How do you do that I mean I would be that would be really tough for me you know it is tough but they do have good intentions I have to you know grandparents want to spoil their kids they do have the best of intentions Uh, but we do have frequent conversations about you know tell me what it is you feel my kids are lacking in the diet and I will tell you how they're getting those nutrients (laughs) so you know calcium is a big calcium and protein that's their biggest question how are your kids getting protein and how are they getting calcium and I actually have to give them the numbers that, you know, a cup of broccoli has actually more calcium than a cup of milk. And most, they don't know that. <laughs> so when you tell them that, what do they say? Is it just like going in one ear and out the other, or are they interested? We have those conversations on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think when they talk to me, they get it. But then when they leave, it's all those preconceived notions come back. So Wow. So but now- they try- respectful you know when the kids go over to their house for sleepovers they definitely ask me what can they feed them for dinner and they try to stick to our rules with some exceptions we really try not to be huge sticklers but those never foods we definitely make sure that they don't have those yeah so the never foods being beef and dairy products again right yeah or anything processed or processed foods which is fantastic um so when they do go to their house do are there Things that you've noticed that the kids come home and they're like, well, grandma and grandpa said I could have this. And, you know, is that, has that occurred yet? No, I mean, they know that if they go to grandma and grandpa's house, they will get a cookie or they will get some kind of a treat. And that's okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, that's, I kind of put that into that sometimes category. Mm, okay. They're not at grandparents' house every day. And really, grandparents are supposed to spoil their kids. Right. So, okay. Um, 
you know, I also want them to have healthy relationships with their grandparents, and I don't want to put any extra strain because of our dietary restrictions. Okay, that's that's true. That's a very healthy approach to it. Yeah. Now, do your parents and in-laws, do they speak English? They do. Okay. Have you tried giving them any of Dr. Furman's reading material or anything else? <laughs> I did. I actually, um, I gave it to my mother-in-law very early on, you know, we bought a TEDs about, she, she really didn't agree with the way that I was going to raise my kids. So I let her read the book and her approach was, well, this is the only book that you've read. There are plenty of other studies that say that you should be doing the opposite. Um, so it was, you know, it had its challenges, but, um, at the end of the day, I'm their mom. So I will be making their decisions and I fully understand that there will be plenty of people that will disagree with the way I'm raising my kids. But I also have plenty of resources that tell me that what I'm doing is right. You're absolutely doing the right thing. Um, so now as far as the children, when they go to school or when they go to those special events and birthdays and all that fun stuff, what do you do then? Because that's like processed food heaven, yeah. right? So school was... Um, a huge focus for me. So with, when I was looking at preschools, it was very important to me that I could control what my kids eat. So I didn't want to send them to a school that had their lunches and my kids would feel like outcasts. So I selected a preschool that didn't make their lunches and they had a policy that everyone brings their lunch and nobody shares because of the food allergies or whatnot. So our preschool worked out really well for us. The challenge came is that candy was used as a reward for just about everything. So I had to send special snacks for my kids that they could have in lieu of processed, you know, those veggie straws that because it says veggie on it, people think they're healthy, but they're just like regular potato chips, um, you know, and Cheerios as a snack. So I, I would send kids with their, you know, I would send a stash of treats for them that were more wholesome. And that's what they would give out to, to my kids. So what, tell us some examples of what those wholesome treats would be. Sure. Um, so we trail mixes are always great, and my kids love them. There are also these date bars. Um, I'm going to forget the name of it. They're made with nuts and dates. Lara bars, that's the name of it. Um, that's really the only ingredients is dates and nuts, so they're pretty wholesome. So we've been sending those. Um, we've been sending organic cereal with very few ingredients, so, you know, as least processed as possible so that when other kids are having their frosted Cheerios or Honey Nut Cheerios, my kids could have things with no added sugar and they still feel like they're eating Cheerios. So what are the teachers saying? Are they curious and ask you questions? You know, absolutely. They love it. So the director actually reached out to me. Um, so I've actually inserted myself on the PTO committee. <laughs> uh, awesome. So I've, been, I've been talking a lot about healthier snacks and doing more fruit as snacks. So she reached out to me, and she's actually trying to get ideas of what else they can get as snacks that's cost-effective, that's more wholesome. So we've been talking a lot about it. And unfortunately, there are, this year, there are a lot of kids that have nut allergies, so none of the nut snacks will work this year. Um, so we've been looking at other fruit snacks that they could use or, you know, veggies with hummus, you know, just something that they could get in bulk and just serve to kids in little Dixie cups. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Well, good for you because it takes parents like you taking charge, and that's how we're going to change 
America and get hold of our kids and when they get to the public schools and all of those challenges that occur. I think you're going to be one to watch for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So tell us some ideas um, when you're packing your children's lunches. What do you send? Because I know there's a lot of moms out there that's going to be listening, and they're like, I just don't know what to send. They're picky. They don't want this or that. What do you do? Sure. That's a great question. Um, so the first thing that I did is I bought my kids bento boxes. Tell which... me what a bento box is because my kids are, like, old. So I... <laughs> uh -huh. tell me all about it. So a bento box is a little container that has multiple um, sections so that I could pack them a lot of little snacks versus one big meal. Um, so a typical um, lunch for them would be buckwheat. So I just cook regular buckwheat. And then my one son likes broccoli. My other son likes cauliflower. So I kind of break up. <laughs> uh, they go through phases where they like certain vegetables and they don't. But there's always some kind of a whole grain and some kind of a vegetable. Then I always pack them a fresh vegetable that they could dip into hummus. Um, so beans are very important. Unfortunately, right now they don't like beans. So hummus is my next go-to substitute. And some kind of berries or fruits. And then for snacks, for the one that's in a nut allergy class, I pack them a trail mix with seeds instead of nuts. And uh, something nut-based for the other one. Wow, those sound delicious. Thank you. And they love it. And because it comes in that little cute container, um, that actually comes home. Wow. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's empty when much. they bring it home, huh? Yeah, absolutely. That is wonderful. So do you find that your kids are ever asking about, well, my friend had a soda or my friend had this and they're asking, hey, mom, why can't I have that? Or what does that taste like? Or anything sure. like that? Of course they do. So it's we're especially noticing that with my five-year-old because he's hearing things like Chick-fil-A and McDonald's and are we allowed to eat that? So he asks, he knows that there are foods that we're not allowed to eat. So we talk about, you know, those foods are not good for us. Those are never foods. And there's sometimes foods that we can eat, but not all the time. So I kind of put junk food in that never category <laughs> for right now. I'm sure when they're teenagers, they'll be curious, but... Um, for right now, while we're controlling what they eat, it's a never food for us. So we, so right now they're okay with just the saying, these are never foods and they're not questioning that yet. Or have you had that conversation or what are you thinking you will say when they do? They're not. So I've, I've been thinking about it because the question that the five-year-old possessed the other day, posed the other day was, well, when I'm older, can I have it? <laughs> I, I know I can't have it now, but when I'm older, can I have it? Um, so I just explained to him that, you know, these foods are really not good for us. And there are certain foods that make us strong and there are certain foods that make us healthy and these foods don't make us strong and healthy. So we don't want to put them in our bellies. So do you use, when you use the word strong and healthy, do you break it down to where a kid can understand? Like, so do you know that you want to run fast? You want to run faster than your friends? This is what you do. Or, or you just, does he ask, does he understand those concepts of what really strong and really healthy is? I'm just curious. He does. So we talk about when he eats broccoli, for example, you know, I can't tell him, oh, that has a lot of calcium and it's going to make your bones strong. But I tell him, I was like, hey, that's going to make your bones really strong so that you can, you know, so that you can lift heavy things, right? Or this is going to make you run faster than your friends. And he's into that competitive spirit. So mm -hmm. I try to associate it during the time that he's eating so that it sticks in his mind. Absolutely. So do they um, have their the two older ones or even the little one, do they like to help you in the kitchen and preparing all this good stuff? Yeah, 
They do. We One of our favorite things to do is make flatbreads. Um, so what I do is I set them up with bowls of ingredients that they could top their flatbreads with, and they're all veggies. And they end up eating a lot of the veggies while they're decorating their flatbreads before the flatbreads are even ready. So tell me about, what do you mean by flatbreads? Like a, like a pizza type like, thing? Yeah, it's like cheeseless pizza. Oh, can right? you tell us how you make it? Sure. So we um, buy pre-made dough. And we roll it out, and Trader Joe's has whole wheat dough that's ready to go. Um, so we roll it out, and we cut it into, you know, bite, not bite size, but, you know, personalized size um, little formations. <clears throat> then we put tomato sauce on them, and I let the kids decorate theirs with whatever veggies they want. And we will have spinach and broccoli and onions and mushrooms, and they decorate them, but for me, the cool thing is, is that they eat a lot of these ingredients while they're decorating. So they get plenty of veggies in them before they're even done with the flatbread. So now when you're done with the flatbread, so the flatbread's cooking first and then you put it in, or are you cooking the vegetables with it? No, cooking the vegetables. So the vegetables are already steamed and in individual bowls. For oh, them. steamed. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So then, so you have the uh, flatbreads. Do does your husband like to help with this, or is he just kind of step back? I mean, what is he doing when you guys are eating like this? How do you handle that? We these days we divide and conquer. So somebody's with the baby while the other one is with the older two. Ah, yes. <laughs> so these days it's a little <laughs> challenging. Absolutely. We don't cook together these days. Okay, so you had mentioned earlier that you and the family. One of the rules is that everyone has dinner together. Mm-hmm. So does your husband eat your food, or is he cooking his own? What's going on there? So he will eat with the kids, um, whatever we put on the table, so the vegetarian lifestyle. Um, And then when the kids go to bed, he makes himself his own dinner. (laughs) And how's that been going so far? Does he seem okay with that? And... I mean, it's it's a compromise. We, you know, we definitely had to find a compromise that worked for all of us. And he's not okay on plant-based yet. It's not satisfying to him. So, um we just decided to create rules where the kids are not as tempted to eat what he eats. Gotcha. Well, that's a great, um, you know, it's unfortunate that he feels the need that he can't be satisfied with this because there's so many men, including my husband, like I had mentioned earlier before we got on the podcast, loves lost 65 pounds. I mean, we're approaching, you know, we're in our middle to late forties and uh, we're running half marathons and my husband's done in, you know, half Ironman. And I ran six half marathons last year. We've done tough mutters and all these things. So one, you can be very, very active in eating this way, and it's unfortunate that he hasn't quite caught on. So maybe he needs to meet Dr. Furman in person. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll have to work on that. So now we talked about school, and we talked about, um, you know, going out to, like, special occasions and birthday parties and such. What about when you go to a restaurant? What are you doing there? So we have a few restaurants that we kind of try to pick when we go out with the kids. Um, So Asian Fair is a good option because they do have a lot of veggie options. And Mexican. So we like Chipotle because they can have their brown rice with avocado and beans. Actually, that's the only way they will eat beans is when we go to Chipotle. So I don't mind that at all. Sure. Um, but then even with Thai food, we get, um, if we get them fat Thai, we just load it with veggies. We say no chicken and just extra veggies. Um, or we add tofu and 
you know, it's a treat for them. Um, they also like, we go out for sushi and we get them veggie rolls. They love eating those. So there are ways to eat on this diet when you go out without having anything fried and without having anything with added sugar. <laughs> Absolutely. So now you, when you're talking about restaurants, how about traveling with these little guys? How mm -hmm. has, has that been a challenge? It hasn't actually. Um, so when we take our long road trips, so we live in Atlanta and we go to Florida every year. So we pack a car full of goodies and then we would stop either for Chinese on the way or, you know, and it's very easy for us to ask them, you know, to do steamed veggies for the kids with some rice. It's always a good option. And there's a Chinese restaurant in every city. Everywhere. I mean, yeah. if you have one, one uh, stoplight, you probably have a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I we live... Just and <laughs> yeah absolutely and the happy cow app do you have the happy cow app no oh my heavens you must find the happy cow app i'm surprised i'm telling you a 25 year vegetarian <laughs> so it's an app that actually um you can type in whether you want vegan vegetarian or veg friendly and it'll look and what it does is it uses your location and it'll tell you exactly what's nearest to you and then you can hit directions and it'll take you there Wow, and that's called Happy Cow. Cow. It is one okay. of my favorite apps because I've done a lot of traveling, and we're gonna. I told my daughter because she's coming with me to Florida next week when I move down there. She's gonna drive down with me. I said we're building our trip around Happy Happy Cow <laughs> healthy restaurants, and she's like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> there he is. She should be an interesting trip for her. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's she's 22. But I had, my kids were four, two, and newborn, so I totally have been where you are at, for sure. Yeah. So now you've, you know, you've got this wonderful thing. You've got, you know, your support from, you know, the teachers, and you've figured out how to, you know, navigate the husband and the in-laws and your own <laughs> parents. Now, what about your medical care? So you go see your pediatrician. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have been a great doc for you because I'm family doc and I'm totally up with this. And um, if anything, I'd given your husband a hard time. But what do you do when you go see a pediatrician? Tell me what have been some of your challenges. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my kids are very small in mm. um, So I'll just preface by saying that I'm five foot tall, so my kids seem to have gotten my gene. <laughs> um. So the first question that they ask is, does your kid drink milk? Or what kind of milk does your kid drink? So ever since they've been off breast milk, we didn't substitute with any other kind of milk. We sometimes use soy milk and almond milk in cooking as a substitute if we're using a recipe that calls for milk, but it's not something that they drink eight glasses a day. And that always raises eyebrows. Nurses and doctors just look at us funny and say, what do you mean they don't have milk? Well, what do they drink? And we have to explain they drink water and for breakfast they drink green smoothies and <laughs> that's all they really need. <laughs> so do you ever mention to them that, you know, cow's milk is for a calf and I have little humans and so they really don't need to be consuming this milk that is made to make a cow grow 600 pounds in a year. I mean, do you ever get to that point and you're just like, really look at this, you know, logically? Yeah, I've never had that conversation. The thought goes through my mind of educating my pediatrician. And I would. <laughs> as far as the, the dairy milk, I mean, that is just, it kills me. I've had pediatricians tell me myself, but I need my, your kids need to drink cow's milk. I was like, I'm pretty sure if all the cows died today, we would actually be better off. 
Yeah. It's unbelievable. So tell me some of the other obstacles. Are there any obstacles or frustrations that you've had and how you've overcome them? Does anything come to mind? Yeah. So um, I don't know if we talked about birthday parties. So that's the other sticking point for us. And there's been a lot more of them now that my five-year-old is in a class with 22 kids versus eight kids. Um, But, you know, the common birthday party is pizza for the kids and cake and soda. So, um, you know, when they were little, it wasn't as big of a deal because I would feed them before the party and I would bring them the date balls to the party so that they feel like they're having you know, a sweet treat with their friends. Um, but nowadays, it's they want to participate. So we've kind of made concessions that when we go to birthday parties and they serve pizza, we just take the cheese off with a napkin and we let them have a slice of pretty much bread and tomato. <laughs> um, and I will always bring a trail mix with me or I will bring those little mini packets of hummus and carrot sticks so that they would at least have something nutritious. And then they can have a little piece of cake. We just take the frosting off, you know, and just let them have cake with their friends. Goodie bags, though, is a big challenge for us because just about all the candy in there have corn syrup, and corn syrup is a big no-no for us. So that's one of the never foods. Um, So, you know, we let them pick one lollipop out of the goodie bag. That's what they can have, and the rest of it goes in the garbage. (laughs) So that's interesting. So you have Halloween coming around. Do you guys do trick-or-treating? So we do trick-or-treating so that they participate, um, but we use the same rules. They can have one piece of candy. So we lay out all of their candy. Pretty much everything that has corn syrup will go straight in the garbage. And then I let them have one piece of candy out of what they collected, and then we throw everything else away. Wow. We actually... We did one year with my daughter, um, Halloween, and we never participated after that. We... Because I had some... I, just what Halloween represents for me, okay. I, I struggle with that. So um, as a Christian, and it's just I just didn't see it's not a good holiday. And my daughter freaked her out the first Halloween. She was scared. <clears throat> so we just never did it. And my, we would do fall festivals, and we would go to, you know, all these different fun things with face painting and stuff. And it actually turned out great, and they ne- never felt like they missed out. So there's other options too. So tell me a little bit about... If you have someone like listening and you have a mom and she's like, I want to raise my kids healthy because she doesn't want them to have, you know, ADHD and learning issues and all this stuff. What would be the first bit of advice that you would give to her? I mean, take baby steps. You know, it's, it's very difficult to change a lifestyle, a hundred percent cold Turkey, but you know, for us, I think what worked is just making rules of things that we're not going to fit our kids. Um, and then we slowly modified it, right? So we agreed we weren't going to feed them dairy, and we agreed that we weren't going to feed them uh, beef or processed meats. And just setting up rules like that will help you find substitutions that work um, and make sure that the whole family is on board with the rules. Absolutely. That's a really good idea. Um, now, so what other advice or tips or tricks that you have that you've come across that you're like, I couldn't imagine living life without this. Nut butter. <laughs> Nut butters. Oh, that's Nut- absolutely true. <laughs> we put it in everything. So I made them sweet treats with it. Um, I make salad dressings with it. Um, it gives the kids full. They use it as dip. Um, Wonderful. So yeah. Do you make your own or are you just buying different types? 
So I found this amazing thing at Sprouts, the natural nut butters. I don't know if you have Sprouts um, farmers markets where you are. We have, we do have Sprouts. We don't have Whole Foods, but we do have Sprouts. Yeah. So they have natural nut butters. So okay. We buy. I've tried making my own in the past. Um, right now things are really hectic, so I've been taking more shortcuts with purchasing things. But um, yeah, as long as I find something that's all natural, then you're good to go. So you mentioned these things called date balls. Can you tell us about those? (laughs) Sure. So you put one cup of um, dates and one cup of walnuts into a food processor. You mix it until it's all smooth and you form it into little balls and refrigerate. That's it. Eat and yummy. (laughs) Wow. What other yumminess do you have? you have any other simple recipes you'd like to share? Sure. Um, So apricot balls, very similar concept, but you put sunflower butter apricots, um, oats, and raisins, pulse, and also form into balls. And they're a little bit more hearty. They're not as sweet, but also very good. So these are raw um, apricots or are they dried? Dried apricots. Okay. So how much, like how much of the ingredients do you put together? So I usually eyeball it, but it's about, um, about three quarters of a cup of apricots, three quarters of a cup of raisins, one cup of oats, and maybe half a cup of nut butter. Awesome. And then what other, do you have other good stuff like bars or anything else? We make homemade granola using um, oats. Uh, do you toast the oats or what do you do exactly? So we toast the oats, we toast the, toast the nuts and we put a variety. We pick raisins, raisins, small pieces of apricot, mix it together with nut butter and a little bit of honey, and bake it. Mmm, I'm getting hungry. So <laughs> what temperature and how long do you bake it's them? over 450 until it starts getting nice and crispy on the top. So it's like about 12 minutes maybe. Okay, and so do you store those like in an airtight container in the fridge or on the counter or where? I actually just cut them into... Um, bite-sized pieces, put them in Ziploc bags, and they're in the fridge, and they're gone by the end of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till they're teenagers. They'll be gone by the end of the hour. True. That's what I hear about teenage boys. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We've gone through... I would go to the... I'd probably go to the grocery store when everybody was at home still. Every two to three days, I would buy four to five bunches of bananas gone in 24 to 48 hours. I have no idea where they put all the food. Yeah. I haven't a clue. Oh, here's a healthy breakfast idea. The banana pancakes made with bananas. Um, So you can use whatever egg substitute you use, like flax eggs or anything like that, and oats. Okay, tell us what a flax egg is for those who don't know. So the flax egg is mixing in um, one teaspoon of flax seeds to one teaspoon of water and letting it stand. So that's one egg substitute. So if you use three bananas, use three of those and some oats, blend it together, and that makes awesome pancakes. So you, how, many, how much oats per banana? You know, I just use it by consistency, so oh, okay. just a couple of tablespoons maybe. Okay, and then, then you're cooking them on the stovetop, or are you putting them in the oven? What are you doing then? Stovetop. Okay. Do you use like a nonstick skillet, or what are you using to keep them from sticking? Nonstick skillet, and okay. I use a little bit of spray. Okay. Um, just to keep them from sticking. Just like an olive oil spray? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And so what other, what do you like to eat? So tell me what, you know, we talked about your kids and stuff. So tell me what's in a day of the diet of Anna. So, um, I love hummus. <laughs> I gathered. <laughs> How, do, you, do you make your own hummus? No, I, I wish I did. <laughs> I've made it a few times, but it's just easier to buy store-bought hummus. What's your favorite? There are plenty of organic options. Costco actually sells really good organic option right now uh, with very simple ingredients. Um, I love nut butters, too, so... You know, whatever I can dip celery sticks in or um, carrot sticks, um, anything like that is good. Um, whole grains. So buckwheat is one of my favorite grains. So I use it with a little bit of cooked onions and mushrooms. Um, that's a good meal. Brown rice with onions and, and cilantro. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I do eat a lot of grains and a lot of veggies. So that's pretty much the basis of my diet. Do you have, you had mentioned that you make your own salad dressings. Do you have mm -hmm. a good, like a template for salad dressing, or do you have your favorite recipe that you'd like to share with us? I do have a really good recipe. So, um, cashew, so again, everything is made in the food processor. So a handful of cashews, one package of raspberries, um, handful of craisins, and lemon juice. And blend, kind of pulse that together. That makes really good salad dressing. It's really good on collard greens. It's really good on... Um, romaine, uh, kale, just makes a really yummy dressing. So are you using just eyeballing it again or do you? Eyeball everything. Oh, it's those <laughs> special people who can cook yumminess with eyeballs. <laughs> Unless you're baking, you just eyeball everything. <laughs> so I guess we'll learn. Do you have an estimation before those of us who aren't at the eyeball level of cooking yet? Yeah, I mean, I just use handfuls are my estimations. So I just a handful of raw cashews, one like small package of raspberries, a handful of craisins, and I squeeze one lemon juice in there. Okay, that's doable. And so kind of, I'm sure that's probably pretty creamy and yummy. I love cashews. Yeah, it's a very creamy dressing. And then the seeds from the raspberries give it a little texture. Oh, that's a really good idea. And then do you have a cookbook? I don't. <laughs> I think you need to invent one. <laughs> I probably should. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, there's so many questions that I get from moms and, you know, people who are trying to raise their kids like this. You know, Dr. Furman has a great book, That Disease Proof Your Child. But the thing is, he's not a mom raising three little kids. And you know, I, so I, many Facebook groups of moms that are trying to raise their kids on a plant-based diet. And there's actually a woman that... Um, I think her page is like Cook Nutritarian, and she's on Pinterest, and you can follow her. So there are a lot of ideas that you get online. Mm -hmm. But I think you have some really good ones, too. I know you've, you've navigated a lot of challenges that people actually don't know how to deal with, like parents and you know grandparents and spouses and birthday parties and all that. I think you have some awesome advice because you're very practical approach, and I love it that you're stuck to your guns, but you're willing to be flexible to a degree. So yeah. that says a lot about you. I think that's something to think about. There might be a book in you somewhere. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as before I let you go, is there any last final advice you'd have for those who might be listening? Yeah, I mean, um, when you think about what's important in life, so your kids' health and their well-being is really important. And we go through a lot of blanks in trying to protect the kids from stranger danger, but... 
honestly, they're in today's environment, they're more likely to develop a chronic disease than to be snatched from your front yard. So I would say, you know, pay attention to what your kids are eating and you will see such a difference in the way that they focus and in the way that they interact with you and the amount of energy that they have. Um, so take baby steps. It's, it's definitely doable, um, but find, find a balance and, um, and that's, yeah. I think that is probably the best advice you can do because honestly, not only are you feeding them for now, but you're feeding them for their future. You're keeping them from developing cancers and heart disease and diabetes. You're adding years to their life. There are children now that are growing up in America, their lifespan is expected to be 10 years shorter than us because of the types of foods that we're feeding them. So I can't tell you enough that you are so on the right track. And so don't ever get discouraged, which I doubt you probably would. But, you know, you're so doing the best thing. Your children, as they turn into teenagers, because we converted when we were teenagers, they may uh, give you a hard time, but stick to your guns, mom, stick to your guns. That's all I can tell you. It's because it's a wonderful thing you're doing. And I'm sure they're going to be thankful to you someday when they see their friends who are overweight and have acne and, you know, they may be struggling with type two diabetes. We have kids as, you know, I've seen kids as young as 11 years old diagnosed with type two diabetes. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's an insane thing. Cause when I was a kid, you know, 10, gosh, I was 10 over 35 years ago, 36 years ago, there was nobody with type two diabetes. There was type one, but certainly not type two. And not only that, but type one diabetes has been correlated, not causation yet with, you know, cow's milk. And, uh, we're just, we're killing our kids, but nobody wants to be the parent and say, no, enough is enough. I don't, you can't have that. And I'm not going to raise you to be a junk food junkie because that stuff is, is, is addictive as heroin. I mean, it, it's insane what we're doing to our, our population. I mean, who, we don't need terrorists. We're, we're our own terrorists. <laughs> we're yeah, destroying our country with from within. So you're doing the absolute right thing. And I want to acknowledge you for that and say good job. And you should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. And I, this has been very delightful. I've really enjoyed our talk. And again, thank you, Miss Anna. And uh, your kids are very fortunate to have you to call mom. And I'm sure they're going to have some uh, wonderful stories when they grow up about how you, you raise them to be healthy and, and uh, just such gifts for them. So thank you so much. You bet. And thanks again for your time.